What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Hello, Timothy. How are you? I am fantastic because Good. I'm also joined by the new face of video games, Blessing at Aoye. We're a week closer to E3. A week closer to E3, believe. man. They're just, just rolling in. They don't stop coming. I love it. Like We're I'm legitimately less than a month away from every single one of our hopes and dreams coming wow. true because that's what e3 is all about right or yeah. being slashed metal gear solid the, 6 they said i mean Konami's remember you'll say, i mean by even if you i mean you had there might be nothing else it's 12 through the 15th right so you still even if you're getting this hot off the presses on tuesday right you're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're thinking we're on wednesday this week we're not but i appreciate where your head's at tim you're a professional a consummate professional i am a consummate professional that's how it works here I, I don't want to burn. I don't want to burn content because I know I we're eventually going to do E three predictions. How much of this fall do you guys think is going to get filled out by E three? Because E three usually does a, a good lot. job in previous years of like giving us what to look forward to for the rest of the year. And right now, the rest of the year isn't looking that active, aside from things like Deathloop and possibly Halo. Do you guys don't think you're going to get a lot of Ragnarok? Don't worry about it. You're going to be playing that. Oh, yeah. yeah. God of War Ragnarok. Let me do the rigmarole, and then let's, let's answer that question to start off the show, because this is the Kind of Funny Games cast, where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get the show on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games or RoosterTeeth.com. If you want to get it as a podcast, just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny games cast and we'll be right there for you if you want to get the show ad free if you want to watch it live as it be is recorded or if you want to get the exclusive post show patreon.com slash kind of funny games is where you want to be just like our patreon producers omega buster tyler ross delaney twinning julian the gluten-free gamer james hastings casey andrew elliot and tom bach have done thank you all so very very much today we're brought to you by purple mattress human and titan but Greg will tell you all about those later. For now, let's just get right into it. Bless, you're talking about fall 2021. Does it fill out? Does E3 say that? What's it all look like? Greg, what do you think? It has to, right? We have to know what's coming. It is a, it is a quiet fall right now, and obviously that's not unheard of by any stretch of the imagination but i do feel we have to start lining things up as to what it's going to be who's doing what and that doesn't mean i don't think you know uh playstation doing a state of play uh microsoft doing their whole conference and like microsoft actually probably but like you know i don't mean like you're gonna get everything from everybody in terms of the big guns i think it is more of like here ubisoft for sure what do, what do they got you know they always have a, a far big cry. fall Exactly. Far Cry yeah. was going to be, I think, this spring, so that makes sense for it to line up then. But then, you know, where does it, and I expect other games from them as well. Not not tons and tons of anything, but like, what, what's going on with the Riders Republic? Is that the one? Is that it? Right. Riders do... Republic was uh, pushed from spring to fall, and so yeah. that's expected then, right there. And there's also things like Rainbow Six Quarantine that's quarantine. not called Rainbow Six Quarantine now. As no. it was reported, there's a Splinter Cell too. That's right around the corner, probably. Can't wait for that Splinter Cell. That's going to be right there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Prince of Persia. Where are we at with that? What is going on with the one? Mm, that, that's uh, interesting keeps getting kicked down the road but i do think that'll solidify to an extent you'll know where those games actually are and be able to plan for it let alone what you're going to see from uh somebody like ea somebody f- like activision when they start lining that stuff up do you think yeah, that stuff know, hits though you know because like this year is an like comes year. Out. yeah like any of that like that's i'm sure companies plan for things to come out this year but with quarantine that's kind of screwed up all the release schedules in a way where maybe we just don't get a fall full of games because people weren't able to hit it the thing is, uh, they'll have to put games out, though, because they have to make money, whether or not the games are finished or the games, the big ones, or they're going to be more like smaller titles and smaller, not necessarily meaning like 
in terms of uh, budget or in terms of like mm-hmm. game design or whatever, but just smaller in terms of they know that they can kind of put these ones out to the wolves. Things like Prince of Persia. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more of those. Greg? Yeah, well, I, where I was going to drive with the conversation was I think that, yeah, I think not all of them will hit. I wouldn't be surprised, and this isn't, I don't know anything on the inside at all, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Riders Republic fell even further back if they if they held that till where they wanted to put it this year right put on the first part of 2020 put it out right there in that january uh february march area where there is a little bit more room to breathe and get people behind it as we're talking about like outriders like if riders republic had hit at the same time or right around the same time right like maybe it would have only been a week like outriders or whatever but it would have made money it would have had a thing in there right whereas in the fall i think it get gobbled up what i think might happen is Yes, there will be fewer fall releases. You know what I mean? Yes, there will still be some, though. But I honestly think this would be... I, I am starting to think, and my personal and myself personally, get excited for Far Cry 6. And I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not alone. I wouldn't be surprised if this Far Cry does big numbers because it's going to get there and have... I always forget the guy's name. Gianna Carlo Esposito, is that right? Oh, Gianna yeah, Carlo. Gianna yeah. Carlo. Uh, have him uh, out there leading the charge. Have it be a big AAA game that is running best on your Xbox Series X and your PlayStation 5 and has all these bells and whistles and you could be Chorizo, the sausage dog. Like, it, I, I could see that hype cycle really building up and hopefully, you know, the few problems I had personally with Far Cry 5 in terms of it just being <laughs> everywhere I went. I, I'm going to go to point oh, right across the map. I'm getting attacked by everything in the world all the time. They iron out some of that stuff i think that could be a game that really uh, people sink their teeth into and are excited and it is a big budget blockbuster triple a game in the fall that could really eat up a lot of time yeah it's interesting to look at because a couple weeks ago on gamescast we did our i don't think you were on this one greg but we went through all the games with a release date and uh so far we were talking about like our hype levels for them and it's it's funny where every year is kind of like this, but I think this year more than ever, there's just a, a fall off after like the June uh, release dates. There's just not many uh, things that we know. We have some 2021 dates and stuff, and there are some games, exceptions like Back for Blood, October 12th, yeah. uh, and things and like I, that. That's one but, that I'm praying makes it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that's one that I mean, I, I have I. I want that game to be great because I loved the alpha we played of it, right? I'm totally down for more Left 4 Dead, even though it's not Left 4 Dead, but Left 4 Dead. And I think, dude, put that out in October. That's going to be like, you know, people people are looking for that spooky game. I think that could have a huge thing too, but I, don't rush it, but that'll be such a perfect time for it. Totally. Uh, and then on top of that too, we have Deathloop come in September 14th. Yeah. Uh, but those yeah, are kind baby. of the big titles that we know, um, mm. like in the later latter half of the year Life so Strange far. Strange True Colors but- also. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there is a ton of stuff. And like uh, we got Canada Br- Bridge of Spirits, August 24th. Uh, and then, of course, for Bless, No More Heroes 3, August 27th. We'll yeah, see. that's not going to hit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like looking at the, I'm on the Wikipedia right now for the 2021 in video games and unscheduled releases that have a 2021 uh, holdover date for it right now. And it's like, there's a lot of stuff here, but like going through, we got 12 minutes, which obviously a smaller God, title, but something exciting. Mm-hmm. But then we have the big dog stuff, like the the expected annualized games. Let's just start there. Battlefield 6. We know it's going to be announced sometime next month in June. Do we expect that it's going to hit in the fall of this year? I'm going to say yes. I think Battlefield is traditionally a fall game that's what you think of when you think of a fall game and i think ea thinks of it the same way also 
And the way that they've been pushing it and advertising it and teasing it and talking about it in their investors' meetings. Like, I know investors' meetings, you say what you need to say to keep them invested. Keep but, the stock up. <laughs> yeah, keep the stock up. But I think there's a certain level of confidence that they have with it uh, and the way that they, that they talk about it that I think it is indeed going to hit in the fall. And especially with the, I forget what the studio was. They had some other studio come through and work on it also. Uh, and the way that they, they talked about how... I think it was a Need for Speed studio. They're they're like, okay, yeah, you're gonna come here, but you're also gonna go back and work on your own thing after this. Like we're trying to we're trying to really push this game out, and so I think that's one that's for sure gonna come out. Greg, I'm interested. You made a face that you're not sure Battlefield would would be hitting this year. What's that about? It's another thing of what is, how, what does EA think they have right? Like, do they want to go out and come up against Call of Duty? Do they want to like? And what, it's what we're talking about too. Of what does the fall look like? If the fall's quiet, maybe that is its chance to succeed. But it's a game that yeah, they're they've teased that they're going to reveal here momentarily. But are they confident they're going to actually hit that year, or do you want to again push it to the spring and try to have something there? It's interesting you said this, and uh, did you cover? The, did, did we talk about Battlefield Six on Games Daily today? I caught the first thirty minutes of the show and then today. walked away. Then I came back and you guys were like ten fifty five. You're like one more story. I'm like Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I just Googled it to see what I if I missed anything. Tom's Guide, uh, uh, Rory Mellon, uh, Rory Mellon at Tom's Guide says Battlefield 6 reason, reveal could be delayed. Here's why. Uh, for months, we've been he- hearing that Battlefield will be officially, officially unveiled in early May, but they might have to wait a little bit longer. According to industry insider Jeff Grubb, the reveal of Battlefield 6 was originally scheduled for early May. He received this information in March of this year. However, it seems the situation has changed, pushed it back to June, or potentially into June, which we've already, that's what you're talking about. So I'm old. Sorry, this is all old information. Just like Jeff uh, Grubb, so old. God, I saw a tweet that uh, it was something like June. What rhymes with June? Soon or something like that from Battlefield. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're being more official. I would think if you're making a big deal about the uh, announcement and stuff, then yeah, you're gonna do it. It's you know another conversation you guys were having today on Games Daily about like uh, you know everybody talks about Fallout and their release plan, right? But the other games that have done it right, and the other game being Resident Evil, and how Village is the one we've known about the longest, but that's also not entirely in their hands based on the way the world went in 2020 uh, i would think if you're going to make a big deal about it and come out and talk about it ea play you assume then yeah you'd want to be able to go and say hey it's this fall yeah i mean what's interesting is looking at you know ea's definitely shot itself in the foot when it comes to big fall releases Titanfall fall and the last battlefield we saw but uh looking at where we're at now this could be kind of the fall ironically could be kind of a more free open space like you're talking about here greg for battlefield to actually make an indent the a opponent there of course would be call of duty do we expect to see the call of duty this year actually hit the end of this year yes yeah Me i too. think that's the yeah. chamber game yeah i feel like i feel like that is uh you want to talk about a company that will not miss their deadlines yeah i think you talk about activision right and like they what they've totally dropped modes from games to make sure yeah. they hit at the right time black ops 4 i think was the one that was like okay we're releasing this without a story mode and mm. they they revealed it and marketed it as like a hey we don't need like it's, it's gonna be welcome big to the future welcome and to the future Call of Duty. like no that's not that's not yeah jason fryer's story <laughs> was like oh no they just couldn't finish it in time and so they're just shipping it and so yeah no matter come hell or high water they're releasing that thing this fall but it's, it's interesting to look at kind of the landscape of these third-party triple-a annualized releases in some form right where we have, okay, let's imagine we do get a Battlefield and a Call of Duty this year, which I would bet we do. I imagine that they won't be released this same month, but it'll probably be an October, November type situation, right? Uh, but then on the Ubisoft front, like that's kind of the other group that has a lot of these games. We know we're not getting an Assassin's Creed this year. We know that all the Ubisoft games that we know of currently are kind of the smaller titles, not their big AAA pushes when I'm talking about things like Riders Republic and uh, Prince of Persia. The exception is Far Cry. So yeah, I do think that 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 would make make a imagine like an August Far Cry six September, um, 
or October Perfect. Battlefield, and then in November, um, uh, Call of Duty. Switch any of those months with any of those games doesn't really matter, but it's just like that is a big tentpole third party title that you imagine all of those are going to be cross gen on you know for, for last sure. gen and next gen. So it's like that would make a lot of sense financially. But it's like, what else do they have around that this year? That's the bigger question for me. I mean, you do know about Rainbow Six Quarantine. I keep forgetting if that's a, if that's Rainbow Six or if it's a different thing. Uh, but yeah, Rainbow Six Quarantine, which is going to get its name changed. I'm sure that's going to hit either late this year or early next. You got to imagine. And Ubisoft, I think that uh, they tend to do good at pulling stuff out of their hat <laughs> that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Like, what if we did get a Mario and Rabbids two? later this year or like <laughs> some ub art game that we weren't thinking a new rayman or whatever like i, I could see them easily at e3 because we know we know they have more ubisoft forwards coming up what if that there they do announce their smaller stuff but then maybe one more big temple thing that isn't far cry and i guess the question would be what is that then skull and bones i keep forgetting about skull and bones <laughs> yeah baby it's pirate time the world keeps forgetting but maybe one day you know we'll understand more yeah, looking at this uh, this list of 2021 games, Rainbow Six Quarantine's not on it. So I don't know if Rainbow Six Quarantine, whatever it's going to end up being called, has a date of any sort attached to it currently. Mm-hmm. I don't expect to see it this year. I wouldn't either. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like it's still too games. close to everybody being quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like, yeah. in everything else that's happened, you just got to punt that down the line and give yeah. it more time to cook and get away from a pandemic. Yeah, I don't think that that has that much to do with it, especially if they're going to rebrand it and like thinking about all the different forms of media that have had to deal with that. I mean, even Resident Evil Village, right, to an extent, is a similar type of thing of things being infected and whatever. I imagine if they take that quarantine, just take the name quarantine out of it. It's just like, you know, I think it's more just the level of where the game's going to be at. I don't think it's coming out this year. I don't know. That that game was announced what, two years ago now? It feels like that game has been out in the ether forever in terms of it being announced. And that's a game I would have expected to have been out by now, but I, but I think that's the thing where you, you, you assume Quarantine has kicked that one down the road. That plus Ubisoft delaying a bunch of their games, uh, like a, I guess over a year ago now, when they did have that financial year that wasn't being uh, uh, met up. Like they, what was it? Rainbow Six, not Rainbow Six. The other one that I keep, keep mixing up, it came out in the fall. It was a multiplayer game. Wildlands was the pre- predecessor. Ghost, Ghost Recon. Recon. Breakpoint. Breakpoint. Thank you. After Breakpoint, they're like, okay, we're going to delay all this shit because we got we to gotta regroup. We got to figure out what Ubisoft games look like coming up. And I think that... Ubisoft Originals. Yeah, we got to figure out yeah, how we're going to get the Division it. Heartland. Don't forget about the Division Heartland, right? Yeah, now you got the Division Heartland. Play. But I think Then more Division 2 the content, too. They'll make. That plus quarantine like quarantine in the world not quarantine the game probably leads to them <laughs> kicking that game down the road a lot because they're just trying to get their shit together but that's something that i would have expected to have been out by now if the world was way more normal i mean let's have the big conversation now about the big dogs halo infinite as of may 10th 2021 do we think that it'll come out this year i think, I think yes so. i think it will it's one of those where probability wise the majority, yes, it's going to happen. There, I do believe there's enough of a minority where if they came out tomorrow and were like, hey, Halo Infinite, we're, we need more time, I would believe that just as much. And I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be like, I can't believe it. I, I, you know, Xbox and Microsoft, and of course, 343, have been 
I think great this entire time about being like, hey, this game isn't where it needs to be. Like they've been open about it before they even started doing these monthly blog posts and really getting open about it and really talking to the audience about it. So if they were like, guess what? Still not there. I'd be like, I I think it's crazy that this is happening, but it's not unbelievable by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I think the only way it doesn't make this year is if Microsoft Xbox has a a, a different big title to hit. If Starfield actually does it, does make it this fall, or something something of a similar scope or similar size makes it this fall, then I can see Halo getting kicked. But I don't think you I don't think you can kick Halo and not have no big game this fall because that's two big falls in a row, two falls in a row where you don't have a big game. You could listen to Xcast where they talk about that there's a probable world we could where we could get both Starfield and uh, Halo this uh, this fall. I can see it. No, there isn't. No, I'm just kidding. I, mean, I, I, I hear John BX32 <laughs> Starfield this year garbage out of here. I, mean, I love very, it. They're two very different games. So I love it, but I I think if I was if I think for Xbox the stronger move would be to just hold one for the fall and then release the other in the spring, so you can get that consistent flow of big tentpole games as opposed to releasing them both in in the same season. See, my thing, yeah. the season's a long time. And I feel like, especially with where exactly. we're at now, it's like, you know, last year, PS5 launched with Demon Souls and Miles Morales. And it's like, that. then it's like kind of just market penetration of just quality across the board, right? And it's like, if we get Halo and Starfield, two obviously different genres of games and all that stuff, the core thing being Game Pass being such a big push for both of those, like, that's a very enticing thing for people to either make the jump to xbox or just add xbox to their their console lineup or whatever especially when mm-hmm. you compare that to the other side of is playstation going to have the games to compete see my thing is do you, how how hard do you need to push xbox right now as a console and a platform when you can't buy them right like they're not real they're not available in stores Very. right now and if you put Here's out my both thing, Starfield... though, that the chan- that's the chance to get the opportunity here i think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways where I, I i'm i'm with this uh theoretical x cast you know what i mean i've never heard of and i don't listen to on saturdays and i don't know anything about gary Witter paris or mike um but i could see yeah i don't think halo infinite and uh starfield coming out around each other is that big of a deal in terms of oh man it's going to cannibalize uh, uh sales right because it would be actually in- enhancing the sale of xbox game pass which is what they want and so i think again there it is if we get to the fall which we will and you still can't get xbox series x's or with all due respect to everyone more importantly in terms of the pop culture the playstation 5 if you're hungry for a next gen experience or hungry for more video games and yada yada yada, but you can't get that playstation 5 to play everything that's come out this year for playstation 5 to play returnal to uh play ratchet to play horizon if that actually hits right got a war not a chance in hell uh it is a pretty enticing offer if Xbox is like, hey, though, you can play Halo Infinite's getting great scores, and so Starfield. You can play those through the power of the cloud, through Xbox Game Pass, on your mobile device, on your PC at that point, in terms of the Xbox Game Pass, where they've done it there, like streaming to the cloud, uh, and all these different ways to do it, and natively, obviously, if you're using Game Pass and PC, but just stick with me. It, it is a way of, like, you don't have that next-gen console, so why not get in here, and then hopefully, you know, that does what they always want, which is the doors open a little, and your Xbox is able to burst through. Of like, cool, you're in the ecosystem. You got Xbox Game Pass just right now so you can play Halo Infinite. If you hang on till next month, Starfield's here. And if you hang on to next month, whatever else is there. But hopefully by the third month, you're not even thinking, like, what's going to keep me around? You're thinking, well, my my Saturday night multiplayer session of Halo Infinite and then my everyday Starfield, you know, 300 hours I put into it are going to keep me around, let alone then I'm looking at when can I get a Series X or when can I buy uh, just or I'm going to buy a used Xbox right now so I can play it on the TV or some dongle or whatever. See, I think 
I think what you're saying makes sense. I don't know if Starfield and Halo Infinite are the games to do that with. I think there's still plenty that they have in their catalog that they can bunch together in a way to get people excited for Xbox in the fall, right? And so, like, if you do this fall is Halo leading the charge is the tentpole title, and then you have around it games like Psychonauts 2 or games like whatever Forza is going to come out, come out in the fall, or uh, uh, maybe Everwild could be ready. I don't know. Like, whatever games you package that around, you can build, you can build that to be a great fall so that you don't have two tentpoles at the same time and then then you can have maybe a tentpole per quarter because if you do that if you do if you do the the one tentpole this fall and then let's say three titles around it to really define what xbox looks like in the fall you can follow that up with possibly another banger spring which is like okay cool now let's release starfield and around starfield let's say let's say if starfield comes out in april you know may we could have everwild or in in march we could have x y and z game and i'm sure that, that can then lead into another fall that is okay cool now our temple is going to be hellblade i think there's a, a, a cadence that they kind of got to build with xbox that that hasn't been there that could work very strong for them because now they have so many games that they could that they could use to kind of build a narrative and that if they drop multiple if they drop i guess too much at once does that narrative a year later feel like it is right now where it's like cool we had that we had that amazing fall but now we're back to waiting for whatever the next thing is but don't you f- i feel like it's gonna be like i use this loosely because obviously mm-hmm. you have to have hundreds and hundreds of uh, first party studios for this but i do feel like once this starts the floodgates kind of open especially with bethesda because it is that or in Zenimax in general because it was that idea of cool they're building from the ground up right and they have a coalition and they have the initiative and they have these other story studios and you know uh, ninja theory is working on hellblade and it's like this is all great, but those games are still a ways out. And this isn't me transitioning to uh, any kind of list. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it felt like it, right? Uh, these are games are still a ways out. So what are you going to do in the meantime? And I feel like with bringing in Bethesda and the games they already have on the slate, the ability to be like, all right, cool, they're there. You have a little bit more cadence to it. And that, it means ZeniMax, let alone the other exclusives and stuff you're getting in there. And again, I really do think it just comes down to giving people a reason to get game pass and then stick around and understand why this is cool and what they should be doing with it yeah. or why they should do it. I guess the question for me also is what is going to be, what's prepared for this fall? Cause in my mind, you know, we, my mind, we're going to get halo infinite, but then I go to, all right, where's Wolfenstein three at? Cause mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's ready for this fall. Right. Like there's wow, now really? that they have Bethesda, there are tons of games uh, that they probably have going with them where they're like, cool, let's organize this shit and figure out how we're going to hit. Because, yeah, Wolfstein 3 is another one that's there. Everwild, I mentioned before. Uh, there's plenty of things that do, are announced. Do you think like, Everwild exists? Yeah. Yeah, like, I think, I think Everwild is going to be their next series. You think it's a game, game, it's game that's going to come out? Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that not, is going to be their confident. next series. I think it exists. I, like, I think it's very early in, his, in its existence, though. I give that game a twenty percent shot of coming out in the next ever coming out two years. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why so? Just from what we've seen of it, and like the how little we've seen, and how long we've seen that little bit. At least it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong about timeline. Let me know. But it, I it, got, like announced, game for, it got announced last year at E3, and I think that's all we've ever seen of it. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something different then. Okay. Well, it definitely was announced last year at E3 because there wasn't E3 last year. Well, whatever the, the fucking summer. Like I think it was event, the year whatever. I think it was announced before then. Let me look because I I could have sworn it's been announced for like two years. Right here, yeah, exactly. Official Everwild Eternals trailer came out on July twenty third, twenty twenty. Xbox Game Showcase July twenty twenty. Well, damn. I'm gonna have to write to Jeff Keighley. Looks like we got a new member of the future class. No, it was at it was at it was was at. Is Courtney? Hold up, before because you're gonna eat your words. It was announced at XO nineteen. What? Yeah. 
It was a long time ago. Either way. Yeah, I got, I'm looking at the uh, announcement trailer right now. But yeah, taking Halo, my paddle feel... back, future classic. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say we're taking it away. I said we're adding Barrett to it. But now Barrett just has take to me stay. off. Just take me off. <laughs> Barrett's like Cinderella. <laughs> we'll get everybody else in future class. <laughs> Barrett's still here pushing the buttons. I feel like there, I'm at a 51-49 situation where I'm I am leaning towards Halo not coming out or not making it this year. Oh, wow. I'm sure that the plan is for it to come out this year, sure. and it wouldn't be surprised if it does. The level of quality of the game that's a, a different conversation entirely. And I think that that also leads to the double punch of if there was a Starfield, which that's the thing too. Like, Greg, what, what's your percentage chance of Starfield coming out this year? It's John BX32 got in my head about it a bit. You know and they I mean? haven't Where been in like, our live chat in a while, so they might be playing I mean, He did it, his yeah. work. Maybe yeah. it's Pete Hines. You know what I mean? It was just Pete's pseudonym getting in there and being a part of it. I, I, I don't see it. Like I could, I, it's another one where I can see it, and I, you know how we are, Tim. Of course, where mm-hmm. you and I are very similar. Where it's like the, pro, the I think the minority of the uh, probability that is that it can happen makes me super excited. So I fucking want it to happen. I want it to be that at E3, I'm like, here's Microsoft and Bethesda, and they're like fucking Sears Starfield, and it's coming out this fall, right? I just don't see it happening, and I, I don't think that means beyond a spring of next year. But I just feel like this isn't. I don't feel like it's Fallout, where it's like all you needed to say was it's Fallout. Everybody gets stoked. I feel like this is a game you want to be like, hey, here's this new thing, this open world. There's so much to talk about. There's so many things to meet and introduce you to before you ever grab the sticks because video game marketing. I think they don't want to, in quotes, rush it from an E3 to a fall release. I just feel like they, you know, Tim, we were having a conversation about video games the other day. You were talking about this golden opportunity. It was a different project. But, like, this, I feel like, is a golden opportunity for them of, like, really drumming up this brand new world from the, you know, innovative minds of Bethesda and Todd Howard. And here's everything that's going, like, on top of the fact that where is that game and how much has COVID set it back and yada, yada, yada. Like, there's two different competing things that I think make it not this year. But I would love it to be this year. I just don't see it. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, it's funny to look back to, let's say, two years ago, looking at the PlayStation slate of content and it being Spider-Man and Horizon, God of War, Death Stranding, and Ghosts, and, and Last of Us, if I didn't say that. Um, and the amount of conversations we would have about what what do we think the light-up's going to be? What, what's yeah. the release schedule going to be? We were all so off. <laughs> like, Sony made some whack like out of left field whack ass decisions that ended up really working well for them and changing the way people can do things. Like the fact that Ghost of Tsushima came out that close to Last of Us Part Two One month, is yeah. is crazy. And granted, COVID had a lot to do with that, whatever, but it worked. You know, so I think that like when everyone, including Microsoft, are looking at how people are buying and playing games or thinking about video games, even I think that it's not necessary to look at how things used to be as much as it is being like okay like what do we need right now and i do think that it would be powerful for microsoft to have things that don't put them out day and date don't do the titanfall 2 thing but putting them out within the same month or even within two months or whatever getting that kind of like there needs to be the holy shit i can't believe this is on game pass moment they haven't had that yet they've had a lot of dope stuff they're adding a lot of really 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 cool shit but there hasn't been a game that's like Oh my God, you have to get an Xbox somehow to be able Mm -hmm. to play this game. And I I think that we're going to see that, whatever it is, this year. I just don't know what game it's going to be yet. And I think that it might be multiple games. 
See, I think that and that would be an, an, a really interesting take on it. Again, with fly, fly, firing on all cylinders, right, or the dominoes tipping over, whatever analogy you want to use for it. But if it was like literally, like, I mean, like you, you know, another X cast conversation, right? Of like a Psychonauts two about to just shadow drop and release, right? Like if it was that they're just like pop, 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 and it is like you know we're talking about this happening this month and next month and this month and that, but next year we're not slowing down either, and not dates, but games that we're actually confirming our next year and shit, like. It does such a great job of getting that energy behind them and that momentum back for Xbox. Because I feel like that's what Xbox has struggled with, where the hardware is great and the services are great. And it's just this struggle of what games are over there. And they keep making cool announcements and acquisitions and yada, yada, yada. But it's just loading the chamber, loading the chamber, loading the chamber. And now it's time to start firing. Yeah, quarantine has made this such an interesting thing to talk about and think about because i think in the absence of quarantine i think this e3 would be that e3 like this e3 would be the most banger e3 of all time for xbox where they are like this fall look forward to x y and z next year look forward to x y and z and everything they mention are all bangers uh and in in a perfect world i could see them i could see the first two hours let's say hour and a half maybe of microsoft's press conference being cool let's focus on the microsoft first party studios now we're going to transfer it to bethesda to let them know tell, tell uh tell us about some stuff and literally half of bethesda's e3 conference in the way that uh in i forget what year 2016 was it uh or 2015 was uh fallout 4 i could see that being starfield and i like i i do think that that would be that would be enough, right? If Starfield was coming out, let's say November, like Fallout did that year, I think that five months of uh, at E3, blow it all wide open, talk all about Starfield, like we'll do a deep dive in front of everybody, show all the different systems, show all the characters that you're gonna fall in love with, all that stuff, break all that stuff down, and then over the course of the next five months, own that conversation, own the industry's attention. I think I think that that would work because from there. It is word of mouth and it is people getting their hands on it and telling their friends about it and people knowing people being fans of Bethesda and knowing that they worked on Fallout and Skyrim and the games they loved and then getting into it. I think that would be such a perfect situation for that game. But again, like back to quarantine, it's like, who knows where it's at? Who knows where who knows where plenty of studios are at with all this? But um, either way, like even if Microsoft's conference this year for E3 is a bunch of trailers that don't have release dates and a few that are okay here's what's coming this fall then here's what's coming next year i think either way we're gonna we're gonna see some shit like we're gonna see some some game announcements that are gonna be like okay let's fucking go at least i hope i am one of the things i am most interested in at this e3 is how they handle the microsoft bethesda press conference situation on how integrated they actually end up being how much of a like handhold it's going to be or if they're presented as they are two very different products like i'm sure during the microsoft one they're going to talk a lot about the bethesda one i'm sure during the bethesda one they're going to make it very clear that the stuff's available on game pass but i wonder if it's going to have a different kind of identity and tone because in the past when before they were owned by microsoft the bethesda conference did not feel like the microsoft conference right do they stay with that kind of vibe or is there some uh, uh deeper level there and with that i have two questions for you guys mm-hmm. well, star do you mind if i answer your question Go- with a question yes my question oh, my question to answer your question uh would be right now is it worth it or how worth it is it for microsoft to keep the bethesda branding not what not just with bethesda game studios but with that publishing label overall you know when we're talking about its software when we're talking about machine games and all of them how valuable mm-hmm. is Bethesda, Bethesda name? Because if we want to say that it is valuable to keep so that they can keep that under that umbrella, then for sure for E3, they're going to they're gonna do the same thing and have that transition. That's an extremely, extremely wise observation there. And that brings me to these two questions. Mm-hmm. Starfield, 
Is it cross-gen or next-gen only? And as of May 10th, 2021, do you guys think it's Xbox exclusive or does it also come to PlayStation platforms? Greg Miller, what do you think? Cross-gen, it comes to everything. I think it's been in development too long to, uh, to... I think it's been in development too long to be just next-gen. I think they've been working with having that for so long, let alone even if you were there now and it's conversation of unless it was Xbox exclusive, uh, the number of units out there, right? Where like, why would you, if you're next gen only, like, so what you, the, the PS5 shortage is going to fuck everything up and Xbox, obviously smart delivery, be able to play it anywhere and be fantastic. And then also for, is it Xbox only or everywhere? I think it's everywhere because again, just how much time it's been, in development i don't think you put that much time in and have a playable and i know people think it's so easy to just hit a button and have an xbox game work on playstation there's more to it than that right and there's so many assets and resources that go into that and so i think to get to this point and have it be that cool we've been bought i don't think xbox walks in and goes okay kill that like and i understand that there is a business argument of like we'll kill it and we eat the costs and sunk all you blah 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 because of course you're going to get you on game pass we're going to get you buying this thing yeah 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 i just i don't see it i feel like we're just too close on that one personally I think it's happening. Yeah. What you just said, that's where I'm at. It's, I do think that it doesn't necessarily make the most business sense in a lot of ways, but it does in others. And I think that it is a... The, I, my bet is Starfield is a next-gen only Xbox game. What do you think... Come, okay. But here's my... Okay, so hold on. If I, can, if I can pump the brakes for one second, though. Everything I just said was Starfield's coming out this E3, this year. Is that what you're saying, too? Because if you push it to next year, then I think we get, start to have a really interesting point of. Well, so that, fuck, okay, what that, do we care? that is. Well, of course, I love this. yeah. Let's make it next gen only. Let's make it, dude. Yeah. So many hypotheticals here that we're dealing with, but I I don't think Starfield is this year. Uh, okay. I think regardless, even if it was, I still think that that Xbox is going to take this and, and run with it because it, it's interesting with what Bless brought up though about how they treat this press conference because what is the point of keeping Bethesda as this weird middle management thing when Bethesda game studios still will be under uh, Xbox game studios. That makes sense. But then yeah, all the other teams as well would just be, they, they make more sense. There's too much branding at some point, right? Yeah, of course. But it's like, is this the E3 to get rid of that? Because we are still at that point where even if they were to what I'm saying, go full on Xbox, it's, they're not going to put stuff multi-plat uh, this year. They're still going to, they're still there. Like they have to have a place to talk about death loop and to talk about uh ghostwire Tokyo and all that stuff. Right. So it's like, or do they? is that, I mean, that is a good point. That's another but, business thing. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I'm sure it's a PlayStation exclusive and those exclusives come obviously with money, but also multi-tiered marketing, uh, contracts or, or paragraphs and contracts. Yeah. So it's like, Perhaps PlayStation's gonna do all the heavy lifting on that. And perhaps like they already have state of plays planned and all this other stuff that Bethesda doesn't have to worry about it during their showcase. And again, yeah, and I, to your point of Microsoft and trying to be Microsoft about it, why promote this PlayStation game? Yeah. And the the counterpoint to that would be like how burnt does Arcane feel about that? Or how burnt does Go does a uh, Tango Gameworks feel about that? But what if it is all right, cool. At the Microsoft conference, let's announce their next project, Arcane's next project that's they're they're gonna work on after Deathloop. Right. And that's that's far far fetched, but when we're talking about this com this competitive nature between them and like where ex exclusives lie and all that, yeah. I, I could see it being like a, a kind of a I'm gonna say a dirty play, even though like it, it's business and so whatever, whatever it's all dirty. Um, I could see it being this play of like, cool, let's really let's really own what this conversation is. Let's as Xbox, let's own where these developers are are or let's let's own these developers, right? Like let let's bring them into the family and really 
uh, put them out there in this competitive way to really push the fact that now, nah, yeah, these are Xbox Studios now. Um, and so, yeah. Greg. Yeah, buddy. I am remembering somewhere that in the, the Jeff Grubb summer game mess of this summer year, there was at some point conversation about uh, how they were going to handle the Bethesda Microsoft thing and that there was a, a confirmation in air quotes that there were going to be different events, not the same event. They might play back to back, but whatever. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you call one Jeffy Grubb Grubb? See if he's available to answer. So you're going to ask him to call E3. <laughs> And, uh, and, just, <laughs> and, and just ask him what his most up-to-date understanding is of the Xbox Bethesda press conference situation at E3. For the record, yes, what you're talking about. And uh, I'm, yeah, so I don't, we don't even need to because I remember, or you want the updated thing though? I, I just want where his head's at right now. Okay, because last we heard, and it was from him actually, was that yes, they'd be the same stream, but there'll be a delineation. That there'll be a break or whatever. There'll be something to separate them from. But hold on, you want Jeffy Grub Grub? Give me some. Time. Yeah, the baton pass. Well, your, while we're talking time. about this, yeah. I, I. But hold on, before we do all that, let have let's have Greg tell you about our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Purple. As the world becomes increasingly uncomfortable, we're all looking for as much comfort as we can get. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to comfort, Joey Noel won't stop talking about her purple mattress. It's soft, it's comfortable, and it keeps her cool when she needs to be cool, and it keeps her warm when she needs to be warm. That's because the one thing you can count on in this uncomfortable world is how comfortable your purple mattress is. Uh, Purple is comfort reinvented. Only purple has the grid, a stretchy gel material that's increasingly supportive for your back and legs while cushioning your shoulders, neck, and hips. I don't know how it does it. It's just fantastic. Because of how it's designed, the grid doesn't trap air. Air actually circulates and flows through it, so you'll never overheat. The grid bounces back uh, as you move and shift, unlike memory foam, which remembers everything. That's why memory foam has craters and divots. Again, Joey's been using this for a while now. She loves it, still uses it, has no plans to ever change because she loves that purple mattress. And right now, you can love yours too. You can try your purple mattress risk-free with free shipping and returns financing is available too. Purple really is comfort in an uncomfortable world. Right now, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny10 and use the promo code kindoffunny10. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny10. Promo code kindoffunny10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash kindoffunny10. Promo code kindoffunny10. Terms apply. Our next sponsor is HVMN. Trying to lose a little weight, sleep a little better, and not feel so groggy during the day? Health via modern nutrition can help you do all of those things with a few small keto-friendly choices to improve your metabolism throughout the day. The average American consumes around 17 teaspoons of added sugar each day. If you put that into your body today, it's the foundation for who you will become tomorrow. Start reaching your goals by being aware of and cutting out unnecessary sugars from from your diet. HVMN is obsessed with helping you reach those goals through modern nutrition, powering your metabolism with less sugar and more ketoneness. HVMN is a nutrition company that takes the mystery out of counting macros. The results driven uh, modern nutrition for modern lifestyles with less sugar than competitors. Their products provide lifestyle and habit upgrades that help their customers become healthier and better versions of themselves. 
By using real organic ingredients, HVMN has made keto and lifestyle improvements easy with healthy and low sugar uh, options that are great for you and deliciously satisfying. HVMN offers single items like MCT oil, keto food bars, and keto collagen powder, or you can grab a kit that includes all the essentials at an everyday discount. The one and only big dog, Kevin Coelho, has decided to try to eat better. He has this on his desk right now. He just started it. Uh, They're sending him what he needs. It's getting delivered right to his door. It's super easy. Right, Kevin? Absolutely. I got the full, the the one with all of them in there. And let me tell you, it even comes with a a night-night sleep one called Yawn that I take and it helps put me to bed. It's better. Okay. You taking that in the middle of the podcast? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm watching you. I'll, try. I'll see if you're napping. I'll catch you. Uh, whether you're curious about keto, want to improve performance, weight loss, or boost brain and body wellness, HVMN will have a non-intimidating solution for you. HVMN is modern nutrition for modern lifestyles, and their new kits make it easy to embrace healthy living and quickly feel the difference. Right now, HVMN is offering our listeners an additional 10% off your first order when you go to HVMN.com slash kindoffunny. Embrace healthy living today. Go to HVMN.com slash kindoffunny for 10% off your first order. That's HVMN.com slash kindoffunny for 10% off today, today, today. And the final sponsor of the day is Titan. For far too long, Wall Street has neglected the average investor, giving out the same old generic advice like buy index funds. Meanwhile, for the ultra wealthy, they get access to the premium investment strategies and resources. That divide didn't sit sit well with Titan, so they built an active investment management platform that's accessible to everyone. Thanks to Titan, now everyday consumers can have their capital invested like a world-class hedge fund. To get started, download the Titan app. There, Titan delivers daily updates, in-depth videos, deep dive reports, podcasts, and more. Titan ensures that clients know the what and the why behind their investments. Uh, It's a super simple to use app, super simple design. Tim was telling about the other day. Unlike conventional investing apps, Titan doesn't invest their clients into publicly traded index funds or mutual funds. Instead, Titan has an in-house investment team that actively manages investment strategies designed to outperform the market. Their goal is to compound your wealth on an average of 15% or more annually, which implies the potential of doubling at least every five years. Uh, Titan manages hundreds of millions of dollars for 25,000 plus clients. Uh, With Titan, you get front row seats to your money, helping you become the smartest investor you've ever been. To start investing with Titan today and get three months free, visit titanvest.com slash kfgames. That's three months free of investing for Oh, I'm sorry. That's three months of investing for free at titanvest.com slash kfgames. Titan, first class for your capital. Cool. Go for it, Bless. Yeah, so while you're talking about uh, the umbrella that is Bethesda and whether or not to stick with them or to keep that umbrella as a, as a branding term for these certain developers or get rid of it, could be a cool move at the Microsoft E3 press conference to have it be a, all right, and now we're showing off our our cast of studios and you see the microsoft game studios logo and the bethesda game studios or not bethesda game studios bethesda let's say publisher logo next to each other and somehow the microsoft logo eats the bethesda logo it disappears and all like they introduce it as all one brand i think an e3 could be a good stage to do that i agree and that's awesome however it doesn't make sense if there's a bethesda conference right after the yeah (laughs) exactly Exactly. that's the one part that this falls apart for me 
because that is very interesting. And I think that that is the right plan going forward. We just are in this middle ground where they still have to deal with their PlayStation deals. But they don't need – like competition doesn't need to be we don't ever fucking deal with them. Guess what? They're, they're the ones making the money from the PlayStation games. So I wouldn't be surprised if they straight up do talk about Deathloop and do talk about um, – Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire. Even if it was just a Microsoft press conference, if it was just one long press conference, they'd still talk about those games because they're going to make the money off of them. They own them, right? The mm-hmm. one thing that gets weird about that is I guarantee that they want to be able to say all of these games are available on Game Pass. So to me, that is the biggest reason that they would have different events mm-hmm. so that one event they that can say sense. every single thing here is Game Pass and then the other event is like... And yeah. then there's these other games yeah. <laughs> that we still want you to buy, but... You know, unless <laughs> unless it is the thing where I know there's been like the theory thrown out there from people of like, all right, do they come out day and date on Game Pass PC because the deal is with PlayStation and, they, and in PlayStation's terms, they've probably done like a console exclusivity and not a platform. There's exclusivity, but no way. It works how like dirty that. would that be, though? <laughs> <laughs> be I mean, that's just that's that'd be so dirty. I don't think that can happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sure somewhere in the fine print that's that's maybe against the rules somewhere or maybe out of respect microsoft's like no we can't do that we're gonna piss people off um but who knows yeah it's not gonna happen that's impossible uh, sorry i joined I also, you're saying that it is so this is uh death loop or ghostwire both okay so you're saying that they just come to game pass for free since they're technically not being sold and that negates the exclusivity oh on pc no no, no pc gotcha my apologies yeah, which does have some weird nuance there, but I yeah, I still don't think I don't think that that's played by the rules entirely. Yeah, I also I also didn't uh I didn't answer the Starfield question of if it was, if it's coming out this year or not. But uh for my answer, I it depends on how far along they are with the game, but I would assume I think I think that that's a game that's coming out cross gen on all platforms. But I also think it'll be the last but that's the game studio game that would be that. Um and I think it's part of what Greg said of like it's hard to flip that switch to just like not do other platforms if you've already if you're already far along on development for that. And at that point, like just release it and get the money. You know that game is gonna gonna sell astronomically on PlayStation. And so, yeah, just uh, oh yeah, Astro. Uh, so just sell it, and just <laughs> get that cash, very, get very, that bre- very get that bread and least. So I ha- I hailed Jeffy Grub Grub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got a response, but it's a response where it seems like an AI might have taken over for him. Where I was like, I texted his number and then I also DM'd him on Twitter. And I was like, You want to hop on Discord? Gamescast appearance? And he responded, Gamescast appearance. And then I, 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 <laughs> I sent him the link and nothing's happened. So he might be a robot now. Jeffy yeah, Grubb he, he got so old, he himself. put his consciousness into a robot finally. Yeah, it's yeah, finally coming around. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Greg, uh, what. Of the E3 press conferences, are you most excited for? Oh damn, man! Actually, no, no, no. Fuck that as a question. What do you like? What press conferences do you expect to see at E3 this year? Okay, I like that question. And again, I'm hosting E3, but don't have uh, inside knowledge yet. I haven't been. I, I know things about how we're setting up E3. I don't know what who's presenting what at E3. So right, where what's the list now? What's the confirm list as I go crank it open? Right, because they put out their press releases. Obviously, we remember the old Microsoft. We remember the old Ubisoft. We remember all the... Oh, here he is, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Shit. Can you hear me? Oh, man, yeah, finally figured yes, out can. Discord. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. How good, are you? Good, good. Games we beat have, Jeffy Grub Grub. We have a question for you. Please. Jeff Grub. 
Uh, you, of course, the ringleader of Summer Game Mess 2021 and, you know, all Summer Game Messes previously and that will ever happen, correct? Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yes. Good, good, good. Um, so we're talking about E3 this year. We're talking about the Microsoft press conference and the Bethesda stuff. We're talking about a whole bunch of things. Starfield, where we think it's going to end up. So I, actually, let me start there with you real quick. Starfield, does it come out this year? Is it cross-gen or just next-gen? And is it Xbox exclusive? Uh, yeah, let's see. So I think it gets announced this year. I'm pretty sure about that. No guarantees yet, but uh, it's getting close close enough, and I haven't heard it been like yanked or anything like that. So I'm pretty confident it gets announced this year. And then I think, it, to me, it's, it seems like it's trending in the direction of launching this year. But we, we, you know, all the reasons why a game wouldn't launch this year are still there, right? All like there's a million reasons why everything gets or gets delayed right now. Those things are still happening to everything, and so it's the safe bet would be like, yeah, yeah, they'll probably just put it out early next year, right? Or something like that. Um, but I, it does seem like they are pretty confident about it. Uh, I think that there's a good chance they want to launch it alongside Halo. And it's not like um, in the past where they would be worried about these two big $60 games uh, competing against one another in the marketplace. Everything's additive on Game Pass. So it would only be a boon to, to each each of those games if they come out side by side. So uh, Sorry, I'm, I'm hopeful. These young not kids, the Jeff, they can't they can't wrap their head around how you know the new school I'm not new generation. My ass, things are changing. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna if that's the case, we're gonna get to spring 2022, and it's gonna be a desert. We're gonna be like, where are the Xbox games? That's gonna be the exact situation. Barrett, do you have Jeff, we did not no, turn on your camera. Yeah, I, you know what? It, it, it fucked everything. I'm turning off up, mine, Jeff. Okay. I'm turning mine off. I turn mine off. <laughs> oh, I'm still wow. here. Yeah, wow. But I want to give it to our. Oh, that's a cool. That's a cool Captain America chair. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um uh yeah no uh, listen thanks the way he said it was like he didn't think his own chair was cool (laughs) i I, I just i i've had this chair for a long time and i've been waiting to make you jealous i thought you didn't i thought you never cared so i was like all right i guess greg doesn't actually care like my chair all right fine um i i don't think it's gonna be too big of a deal for like spring 2022 i they'll, they'll come up with some other stuff they have a lot of games in the works they have a lot of companies you know if they don't have Starfield now, maybe they'll have Wolfenstein or something like that, or, or they'll flip them and then you know Starfield will launch now. And then maybe they'll have Wolfenstein three for the for early next year. I would, I think that would be a great that, lineup. That, but. That's my big thing is like I don't think it's the fact that they wouldn't <clears throat> publish like two big games close to each other. I think it's the I I just think it's the biggest games. I think between Starfield and Halo Infinite being your two like big those are the biggest titles you have as Xbox. And so if you have for me if if I was them, I'd be like, all right, cool, let's position Wolfenstein three with. Halo Infinite for this one. Well, that might be working as two first-person shooters, but let's let's say Wolfenstein Three, Starfield for this fall, Halo Infinite for next spring, or what, or vice versa. Like I would mix it up a little bit more instead of doing like the two biggest titles you have right next. Yeah, to but be, you got to keep in mind that if if Bethesda is ready to launch this game, uh, saying hey, wait, like hold up, you can't do that yet. Uh, that's still kind of early in their relationship to be like, all right, we're going to make sure. you wait. Be- just because Halo, <laughs> uh, we were like get get in line. That's that'd be weird. But hey, also, this has been a fun uh, acquisition. We said we wouldn't change anything, but yeah. fuck all of your plans and content yeah, for yeah. five months. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah, go sit on your thumbs for a while. Exactly. Yeah, they're not gonna do anything. They probably wouldn't do that. Uh, also, I mean, I think that they totally see everything they do on Game Pass as additive. Things are not competing with with each other on that platform. It's just not how that works. If Halo is the reason you subscribe. Uh, that's great. If Starfield is the reason you, su- you subscribe, that's great. If both are there at the same time and that really convinces you, that's even better. But it's not like you are picking and choosing where you're going to spend your $60. They have just completely flipped that those those incentives. And so you have to really think about it in that, in that direction. So uh, I, I still think there's a good chance. There's lots of um, rumblings and rumors about why it definitely is coming out this year. And I'm, I'm not confident 
to that degree. But I, I think we'll start to hear pretty soon if uh, if that's the case. You know, we, we got a month to go before E3, so I'm I'm pretty excited to hear about it. Do you think it comes to PlayStation as well? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think it does. I mean, listen, if it does, so it's do you think be, they walked uh, in and they were just like, exclusive. okay? So do you, but my, so that, that my question when we talk about Starfield, right? And, it's, and this has been the conversation, obviously, on the podcast about it going back and forth, and is it this year? Is it next year? Like, so do you you think again that Microsoft would have walked in and been like, because they would have been working on a PlayStation version already, right? For Starfield, you think they walked in and were just like, kill it, just don't even worry about it, shove it away, yeah, I mean, put put it on the side at least, uh, you know, get the Xbox and PC versions ready and done and finished. And, and then maybe we'll reassess. I, I, I mean, uh, this is the thing I'm never as confident about uh, these games being ex- exclusives as, as like, as uh, Paris, like Paris, like right away. I was like, no, these <laughs> things are exclusive for sure. And I was like, I don't know. It could go either way. And I like to, you know, I was playing both sides on that one for a long time. Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm still in that, in that like thinking where, uh, sure. Well, I guess once the game is out on Game Pass and you uh, have, have it's gone a few months have gone by at that point, why wouldn't you put it on PlayStation? I guess there's still reasons that you want to make people feel like that. The the uh, the subscription that they paid for uh, that they're getting a lot out of it. But I, I don't think they're going to think that they're going to be hurting themselves if they do put it on PlayStation later. Uh, I just definitely don't think they won. Uh, that's kind of but again, I'm just I'm not confident about that at all. Yeah, interesting. And then the last question we got for you is looking at Microsoft and Bethesda, how do you expect that E3 is going to look? And on top of that, uh, do you think that we see either at this event or in some point them getting rid of Bethesda as a brand separate from Bethesda Game Studios just being one of the studios under Xbox Game Studios? Yeah, so for that first part, I think it. So for a while there, I was hearing that they were going to do uh, relatively separate events that were going to happen under like one big umbrella where you'd be like, here's going to be the Microsoft Bethesda showcase. Microsoft goes with Xbox stuff. Then it ends. Maybe it ends with something like Starfield to sort of stitch the two things together. But then Bethesda starts and it's it feels distinct and 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 different. Um, I think it's much more likely now that they are going to make that the the stitching the thing that connects the two. Uh, um, a, it's going to be a lot more connected. The, these two things will feel much more like one thing. It will still be Xbox and Bethesda, uh, but it's it, they might just actually just like transition one into the other almost seamlessly. Um, uh, and I think that's these are decisions that they're still working out i think this is kind of what they settled on at this point um but but it sounds like that's the, re- the direction they've chosen um and what was the other question i'm sorry ADHD. in terms of in terms of the branding of it like do you think that uh at this e3 or somewhere else they'll reveal that like it is now just it's xbox and then bethesda is just a uh game studio a team next to arcane next to 343 etc cetera, etc cetera? Maybe down the line, but for now, there's still a lot of cachet attached to Bethesda. They are uh, one of the promises they made was that we're not changing the culture. That means not putting Xbox PR and Xbox, you know, business development people Mm. in charge of Bethesda stuff, keeping all those people hired instead of treating them as like, you know, we're going to lay you off now because you are redundant. They're, they're, They're specifically saying these people aren't redundant. They are going to be doing Bethesda stuff under Xbox and, uh, I think if that's the case, if that's how you're treating this, you you keep the Bethesda brand as a separate thing that feels distinct. Um, and there's value in that, right? Like, I think people like have love for Bethesda. Uh, I remember that, that one E3 where that lady was screaming the entire time for Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, uh, like, lady, there's yeah. people that love these games. So, um, yeah, maintaining that identity 
has a lot of value and it, it like mixes things up, right? So if you release a bunch of Xbox games and people are feeling like sort of like, okay, none of these are really doing it for me. If Bethesda comes along and says, all right, well, that's Xbox stuff. Now here's Bethesda doing something. Maybe that'll interest you. There's there's a lot of stuff they can do with that. Uh, and it gives them like a little, maybe a little bit more freedom, a little bit more uh, uh, you know flexibility to try to win you over. And also you figure too, like in, in, into the freedom argument you're making, Jeff, right? Of in what you've talked about, and what we we read a little bit of an article before we brought you on of this idea that they're going to be the same conference at E3, right? But there'll be a delineation. Think of how that gives you a, a before and after tentpole marker to move on to something else. And rather than have, let's say, a three-hour uh, conference where everything in the middle becomes mush outside of the big stuff, you get this moment of like, okay, cool, it's an hour and a half of Xbox and then an hour and a half of Bethesda or an hour, two hours of Xbox, one hour of Bethesda. Like It feels like it's breaking you up, but it's actually still keeping you inside the Xbox ecosystem. Exactly. Yeah. And they can like they can change those flavors. It's you know, it's uh, the human mind's very good at breaking stuff up into chunks. You learn a subject, you want to like do it in 12 minute those chunks and anything you could do to add that sort of like, oh, we are shifting gears now. It reengages people. And th again, that has value. Uh, it's it's the kind of stuff that they can really play around with and keep things interesting for for people. And, you know, and that works in terms of a pre presentation at E3, but it works in terms of w winning people over to Game Pass like uh, it, there's going to be. People who, you know, just like we see on uh, Disney Plus, there's the Star Wars thing, the B Star Wars vertical and the Pixar vertical. Uh, there is when you when you're paying this money and you feel like you're getting multiple things uh, for it, when really you're just getting everything that's Xbox and then some third party stuff. But when they make it feel like you are getting a lot more than that, uh, th that is a good uh, like mental trick to make people feel like they are getting a really good deal when they get Game Pass. Like, I'm, I'm how are they making money off this thing that people always say? Uh, it, but, you know, we, we don't see the, the backside of how it actually works. All we think is they must not be making money because I feel like I'm getting away with something because I see all these brands on there. Yes, this is all valuable stuff that they're going to keep for quite some time. Jeff, do do you have time for maybe the next couple minutes to hang out? Or you I got to bounce. Yeah, no, I, oh. I just finished. I just finished e-learning, so we're all good. Like literally, Greg uh, DM'd me, and I had just finished e-learning with the kids, so I'm good to go. Let's do this. Minotti's doing all the work over there anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love this. So uh, right before you joined us, I was asking Greg what he thinks we're gonna like, what press conferences he thinks we're gonna see at E3 2021. Uh, Greg, do you do you have your answer ready there? Yeah, so what I did is I pulled up uh, e3expo.com where you can go look at press releases about me. And remember, I know nothing uh, of the insider nature, right? But like they have on their front here all the logos for partnering exhibitors slash sponsors, right? And so a refresher is Nintendo, Xbox, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Verizon, which I'm sure I'll have a big conference, uh, Take-Two, Capcom, Warner Brothers Games, Sega, Nam or Bandai Namco. It'll always be Nam <laughs> Namco Bandai to me. Uh, Gearbox, uh, Marvel slash Exceed, Mythical, Freedom Games, NetEase Games, Turtle Beach, Otter, uh, Devious Eye Entertainment, and Binge, right? And so... Mm -hmm. Right off the top, I think Nintendo's getting their own conference. I think Xbox is getting their own conference. I think Ubisoft's getting their own conference. I think Square will do their own conference, especially since they just did their thing. Then you wade into the interesting spots, right? Of like, what's Take Two going to do? What's Capcom going to do? What's Warner Brothers going to do? And I think, again, like, you know, what we've talked about before in terms of what E3 is actually going to be this year, uh, there are going to be conferences, there are going to be demos, there are going to be like interviews and stage shows like that. You start having to go in and suss out what each one of these would be. And so it gets to that interesting thing where take two, I don't see having their own conference, but I can see a segment 
I could see that they have a couple of games they want to show and they come on to get interviewed by me, Jackie and golden boy, or they send in something pre can and we put up that way. Same thing with Capcom, right? I don't think they have their own, Hey, we're going for an hour and a half of Capcom games, but they could have announcements. Warner brothers. I feel like has enough going on, even though it's all delayed till next year to come out and actually give you like a, Hey, here's the Warner brothers direct, right? Yeah. And close it off and go. Cause they, they and then were... you start getting into seeding into, you know, Sega band, blah, 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 where you, I wonder if E3, cause I don't know if E3 and ESA is going to do like, Hey, Hey, we're doing here's an we are doing an hour long block of like five upcoming games and you're putting in one by one each one of these sorry barrett i know you're trying to talk there uh just, like wb was fully going trying to go into their own conference last year as well before everything hit the fan obviously since then like they they announced stuff at uh uh, whatever the right. summer games the mess, uh, last year <laughs> with the, the Harry Potter <laughs> game and then uh, the the DC fandom yeah, always living my life uh, always living my life in the dome Tim gets it um, mm-hmm. all that stuff that dome life like, like, we we could still get like uh, what you're saying Greg like a, a, a direct where like they even though Gotham Knights is now uh, next year, maybe we get to see a little bit more. Uh, Which totally makes sense. See a little more of like Lego uh, Star Wars and oh, stuff geez, like that yeah. because that, that keeps getting time, yeah. yeah that keeps getting delayed and that, that, I feel like that's probably going to be their like the big title that they push this year because it doesn't seem like WB has like a lot else yeah. to really push this year. I mean so. that's that's a, yeah. a decent amount of things to talk about, right? If it is uh, Lego Skywalker Saga, if it is Gotham Knights, Suicide Squad, and the Harry Potter. I, I, I don't think we hear about Suicide Squad until ne- middle of next year uh, or hope by early earliest. Fandom, right? Doing it again this well, year. Yeah, there's my thing is, do they have reason October, to appear right? at Fandom? Because the reason they f- appeared at Fandom last year. It seemed like was because E3 got canceled, and so that was the next best thing, the best place where they could show off their games. Yeah. If they are gonna, if they are gonna commit to E3 this year, I guess maybe they do. They, maybe they could reappear at Fandom to give additional information. But yeah. I wonder if Fandom I, I, I is could see that more too. Of like maybe it's not a full direct. Maybe uh, what Greg's talking about, or like Take Two has a, a segment where they send something like WB sends a, a segment for Skywalker Saga uh, Lego game, and then we get like a. a Gotham Knights, uh, kind of another demo of Gotham Knights at, at Fandom. Uh, again, I don't think we see anything from Suicide Squad until next year, since that's not even. It's I think still it depends on how big, for, how big they're going. It's still slated like you could, for next year. I don't think we see that game until 2023 if Gotham. But Knights I, is I think for next year. for for that game, you don't even have to show us gameplay. Like they could do another cin- and this not me necessarily saying what I want from them, but what what I think they could do. You could do another n- another cinematic trailer and have it be another tone se- tone setting thing, yeah. and get people salivating for it as they're giving us Gotham Knights in the meantime. Jeff, what do you think about the conferences at E three? Yeah, I, I think that uh, the ones that Greg listed is like definitely having uh, showcases sound right to me. It, to me, this sounds like E three and the ESA have gotten. Uh, there's stuff together in terms of of telling people uh, you can come to us with a bunch of different stuff in a bunch of different formats and we'll make it fit. We'll make it work. Uh, we You can work with us. Uh, if you want to handle most of the production yourself, you can do that. Uh, but if you want a little bit of help about how to present this, well, we have these, we have Greg Miller, come talk to Greg and he'll give you a way to like transition into showing a trailer or something like that. If that's all you have, we're going to make it work. You could still be a part of E3. And I think that's going, that has got to be way more appealing than what they were talking about you know, a little bit ago where it was paying hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars for what exactly I think they've figured out their messaging to these companies. And that's why we're seeing so many more companies jump on board. And I do think 
we're going to get a lot of different formats in terms of in terms of what these things look like. Uh, like I, I was even um, like I think on our podcast last week, I think it's where I said this was someone asked, uh, do you think like the Microsoft Nintendo thing that we always hear rumors about? Do you think we'll hear about that at E3? I'm like, if we hear about it at E3, it will be in one of these roundtable sort of, uh, you know, fireside chats with Greg Miller. And they're like, hey, Greg's like, hey, we hear all this stuff. What's going on there? And uh, they'll be like, okay, well, here's what we're doing. And it'll be, they'll try to explain it in a way that's like, we know hardcore fans are listening right now. I could see that sort of stuff happening a lot throughout this thing because they'll be able to fill in a lot of these minutes between the bigger showcases. Uh, with a lot of these, a lot of like sprinkling these things in, I think that could if that, work. Uh, if that happens, yeah. I'm gonna get Phil and Doug Bowser to kiss. Yes, please. Yeah, Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's seal this deal with a kiss, yeah. boys. <laughs> get that big Great. old sloppy smooch going. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, what do you think about PlayStation? Then we've been talking a lot about mm, where yeah. State of Play fits. Is it right before? Is it staying out completely? Is it the month after? Where is it at? It's going to be after, right? Because they have Ratchet on June 11th, right? So uh, they're not, you know, I know, like I was saying that uh, Returnal and Ratchet were going to be kind of additive when I was talking, someone was asking me about that as well. I was like, I don't think when they were doing the Ratchet state of play that they were worried about Returnal getting hurt by that because people get excited about games and, and that enables them to go look at the store and say, hey, I'm really excited about Ratchet. What else is there for me? Oh, there's Returnal. I can play that right now. Uh, but... That said, I still think that they will want to wait until after Ratchet, after E3. They like going last anyhow, right? The PlayStation's always gone last. Sure. And so I think that we'll see them uh, in That's the it, days though. to weeks following. I'd yeah, say weeks, yeah. Maybe even, maybe, you're right. I, I would think into July. Yes, I think, yes, end of June, beginning of July, I could totally see that yeah. for, for sure. I, I don't think they'll try because I think they will want to make sure that it is clear that they weren't part of E3. Um, I, and I think they're also going to be wor worried about selling Ratchet for right now. And that's going to be their main thing and i think they're going to be hearing a lot of people saying hey i still can't get playstation 5s well i really want to play this ratchet game can we do something about this and they're going to be worried about putting out those fires for a little bit and then once they get a little bit past that they'll want to talk about what they have for e3 yeah very exciting stuff well i'm gonna let you go but before you do that do you have any fun secret jeff shit you want to tell us uh i I have some fun secret Jeff stuff that I can't say right now, but maybe soon. I'm actually, I was like, <laughs> I was actually writing a discord message to someone about something fun uh, that I'll be able to talk about soon. Uh, when, when Greg uh, came and bothered me, uh, but soon. So, uh, we'll, you we'll know see. what? I hate your chair. It's so Jeff, good. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Where can one. people find you? Absolutely. Yes, just to follow me on Twitter or don't. I tweet too much, but if you do, it's at Jeff Grubb and I, I do all my stuff there and there's a link to my Discord in there. Uh, that's where I'm like a, a little bit less obnoxious. So come in there, come and hang out with me. We'll okay. talk about games. <laughs> Love you, dude. Bye, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. What a nice what a young great man. guy. What a great guy. I love nice like man. he him and Imran are like such <laughs> unique people close. to me in the industry where it's like every time I talk to them, I'm just like, they're going to say something that I don't know. That's really fucking cool. And every <laughs> once in a while, they kind of hinted it. I'm just like, I love that I have these cool friends because they're fucking cool. They know things, Greg. They know things know. we don't know. You know what I mean? They got their well, I mean, ears know. to the floor, ears to the streets. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? You have secrets for me? I'll take of secrets from you if you have them. I tell you my secrets, but off air in NDA. Uh, yeah. Blessing, why are you always fighting with him? You know, leave Jeff Grubb alone. He's so you, old. He started. Man. He's so old. He did start it. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm ending it. I'm going to go pee real quick. Are you guys fight about this? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there was anything to fight about. You know what I mean? Just talking about it. Uh, back here. E3, man. That's a month away. Yeah, that, you know, he looks so professional. He stands up and he's wearing his MeUndie Jammy pants. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, my, the pants I'm wearing definitely do not match his shirt. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm. I'm wearing I'm my, definitely, it's funny my Marvel sweatpants. Oh, the ones from the uh, Team yeah. Liquid? Yeah. 
Like See, it kind of matches though. Those. That's a. I mean, your shirt's this gray charcoal. It, like it's like yeah, neutral. Like so you shirt, can have the my shirt is almost here. approaching like less casual. Like it's a nicer shirt, and then I got it's a nice t-shirt, pants. but it's a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, yeah, I'm. I'm of course, this is the last you'll ever hear of it, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I, as Jeff said, he's like, yeah, you know, Ratchet's the uh, June 11th. I was like, fuck. Ratchet is June 11th. Oh, yeah. so currently, the email I'm writing is to Sony. Hey, how fucked are we for the Ratchet review? Is that review code coming the week E3? Oh, we have to be man. bringing PS5s all over the goddamn place. So, uh, I guess June, me. E3 is what the seventh June 12th through the, through the 15th. Oh, it's 12th. That's the, 15th. the that's the public portion. There's uh, the media influencer stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is fucked up. Oh man. Yeah, I hope we get that soon. It's like Arkham Knight when Arkham Knight launched the same uh, month as uh, E3 as well. Last of Us as well. Last of Us yeah, came last out during E3 yeah. that one time. Yeah. Yeah. You make me Ruthless. feel like dancing. Gonna Tim, go to E3. What does, what does Nintendo's E3? Like we've been talking about all these other places. What is, mm-hmm. where, where, where are we at with Nintendo? I mean, not even look, just E3, we're... but like fall. I think those are one and the same. Like I think yeah. that this their direct. Uh, I expect it will be a direct, and I expect that it will. Definitely give us a much better idea at the heavy hitters of fall. We have a ton of Switch games with release dates the rest of this year. None of them are that major, major, major level. We got Mario Golf, we got Skyward Sword, and then, you know, underneath that, we have things like No More Heroes 3, and we have like a bunch of other games, especially on the the Japanese side of things. uh, Remasters. No More Heroes 3 under Mario Golf? Yes. yes, I did. Mario Golf really popular game. <laughs> yeah, um, and so you know, with all of that, I, I feel like a broken record here, but I, I truly do believe that this is going to be a major E3 for Nintendo. I think really? this is going to be. I think that the that the Nintendo showcase, direct or otherwise, that they're going to have uh, at E3 as part of the ESA thing is going to be the the biggest most games announced nintendo thing that we've had in the last two years wow and i think that i think it's gonna set up i'm on a roller coaster where it's like you know like i was like you and i drafted a bunch of games for my fantasy critic league that are probably not coming out this year tim uh and like i'm I'm still holding out hope for breath of the wild too but then i look and i'm like there is a good chance that like the pokemon remasters for diamond and pearl are like their big games this this fall and that's like i I very, very, very highly doubt that. Yeah, and I doubt. I, I, I doubt that's it. the plan. Like, I, it, here's my thing: is uh, Tim, I think you could be right if the Switch Pro actually comes out this fall. But with the semiconductor shortage and just manufacturing troubles in general, like I think that's the question: is if they're ready to if they're ready to talk about the Switch Pro, I do think that it will be the biggest E3 for Nintendo in a, in a long time. They will t- they will talk about all the stuff we've had reports about how they're trying to make it a, a, a great uh, they're trying to make a great so- software lineup to go alongside the Switch Pro, yada yada. But if it's not ready, then I'm like, this might be this might be an off year for Nintendo, like another one. And I think yeah. they're fine with it because one. people are buying it anyway. Totally. I mean, yeah, there's so many factors at play that we just don't know. I'm just talking about uh, even keeping COVID in mind, like looking at Nintendo and knowing their teams and knowing the games that they've worked on in the past and how many teams we don't haven't heard of for years from. I That's where I'm at, where I'm like, even if the game's not coming out this fall, getting it announced, having things to look forward to with some type of date, some type of something, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Xbox side of things and we have 
years of games to look forward to there uh, that we know about that are announced from all their different teams, but we don't know exactly when they're going to hit. On the PlayStation side of things, we have this like ridiculous uh, set of games to look forward to in addition to games that we can kind of expect. We don't, Spider-Man 2 is not announced, but we are eagerly anticipating that announcement, you know? Uh, And meanwhile, we're getting Ratchet, we got Miles and all this stuff. On the Nintendo side of things, Metroid Prime 4, Breath of the Wild 2, those are the big ones. Besides that, it's like... And and then the, yes, there was Bayonetta three, but that, like that's platinum, right? Like yeah, true. looking at just like the Nintendo first party titles, it's like we have the the Pokemon Legends uh, from Game Freak, and yeah. uh, Pokemon Company. We know that's slated for next year. That's definitely going to be a huge game uh, for them, and potentially could be a very 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 big deal in the space. But we don't know what so many of the other Nintendo teams have been working on, um, and what the even might be announcing like we're just in a very exciting place for nintendo where there's so many question marks and those question marks have burned me before many times where i'm like well they have so much to announce and then they don't announce shit but i think with where we're at now it'd be weird for them to uh announce the switch pro with a slate of games at this e3 for nintendo because they've never done that before but i think that things are changing and i wouldn't be surprised if they straight up were like yeah, there's a Switch Pro. Here's when it's coming, and here's the games to look forward to this year, next year, and some games that don't even have release dates. I guess we have Splatoon Three is another game um, mm-hmm. that we do know a team's working on. But like, we we got to start getting some answers at some point. And if they could have not been a part of E3, but they decided to be a part of E3, that's very and true. I think that, that that that's an important note because Nintendo really weird when it comes to that stuff, right? So they have something. Is that something ready? Is that something coming out this year? Those are much bigger question marks, but I don't think that we're going to end 2021 with the Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes being the biggest releases, especially with how those games look. They don't look like Nintendo's pushing that much behind them. It does kind of look yeah. like a thing where they're just like, we just got to get these out. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. We're just because of all the uncertainty, like, I, I'm not saying I wasn't saying that and like, oh, like the, those are going to be like huge uh, juggernaut titles. It was just like it, it, we could end up with another weird year like last year where it ends up like uh, like not trying to point to Animal Crossing or anything. But like last fall, right? Like what was anything major Nintendo out like? Yeah, it was just Zelda. It, it was just like <clears throat> Hyrule Warriors. Um, yeah. So it's just like could that small of a remaster remake whatever you want to call brilliant diamond uh, shining pearl like would those be the two biggest games we get in the, i mean in the i think fall? Re- regardless it's pokemon and pokemon i think no matter the size if sells. it's a mainline or a remake it's it's gonna sell and it's gonna have a yeah. big presence and by the time uh brilliant diamond and pearl come out like they're going to be like people are going to focus in on them people are going to talk about them they're going to be the talk of the town but i think nintendo usually has something else this last year was definitely an, an off weird year where it really was Hyrule Warriors and like in the middle of the year we got Paper Mario and then earlier we got Animal Crossing and that was pretty much it for Nintendo. Uh, but it, when you think of the years that, <clears throat> in the Switch years that Pokemon has come out, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield came out right and around that same time. I believe we, we had like uh, uh, Zelda, what's the the cool looking Link's Awakening. style? Link's, Link's Awakening. Awakening. Yeah. yeah, and we also got Luigi's Mansion. And then a year before that, I want to say we got Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. And I think that year we also had uh, some fall titles for Nintendo, too. Like, they usually have something in the fall. Uh, and this fall, I would think that they would have something that is... If if it's not, like, one of their biggest temple titles, like a Breath of the Wild 2 or a Mario Odyssey 2, then I would think it would be something at least, like, maybe a, a tier below, but not 
I don't think it's going to be another Hyrule Warriors fall. At least I would hope it's not going to be another Hyrule Warriors fall. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be. What do you think? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. We're about to do the Patreon exclusive post show. Bless, what is it? JRPG or bullshit? Ooh. Ooh, a fun little game that Barrett Courtney is going to join us to play as well. Uh, so that's fun. So all you Patreon people, we'll see you there. Everyone else, smell you later, losers. <laughs> Whoa, fuck. I don't think you're a loser. <laughs> you turn into a JRPG antagonist.